Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is May 2nd, 2023, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William is Bill. Great to be back with you today on another great episode of the All Rookie Podcast. Big day today. I'm debuting my big board. So today's episode, I'm going to be doing 1 through 15. Next episode will be 16 through 30. Big board is different from the mock draft because the big board is my rankings of players talented 1 through 60, which I will eventually go to. 60 players are drafted. Last year and this year is going to be 58, though, because two teams have forfeited their pick. But basically, starting off with the first round worth of guys, It'll be 1 through 15 this episode, 16 through 30 the next episode. Not a mock. My rankings of talented from in order from 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You know what I mean? Not slotting where I think guys will go, just talented 1 through 15. And I think you'll be uh, very intrigued by my list. My list is going to be different than just about every other list you've ever seen. It's going to be missing some guys that are routinely in guys' top 10. Uh, some some of my top five are gonna shock you. So let's get straight to it, like it's nothing to it. Starting with picks fifteen through eleven. If you're on YouTube, you can see them right now. But for now, I just want to say the theme of this draft is size. I'll tell you that right now. Just about every prospect in this draft seems like it's six six to six foot ten. You know, it, it got to a point where I'm scouting and I'm seeing guys that are six six. And I'm like, hmm, they're on the smaller side, you know? <laughs> but then I have to realize, wait a minute, no, they're not. This class is just ridiculous. It has to be set in a record for the tallest players ever drafted. I mean, normally when you think of centers, you're thinking of 6'10", 6'11", guys. But, I mean, this draft is full of 6'8", 6'9", guards. It's insane. But let's get straight to it. Like I said, number 15, we're going to start off with Jordan Hawkins, the six foot five guard. I guess he's short, right? <laughs> uh, he 195 pounds, won the championship this year. Averaged 16 points, four boards, 0.7 steals, 0.5 blocks. Shot 39% from three, which is amazing, and 41% from the field. He's a sophomore. But Jordan Hawkins is a lights-out shooter, three-pointers especially. Uh, but all around, he's just a great shooter. He All he needs is an inch of space to get his shot off. That is key for the NBA. And, I mean, he has that inch, he'll launch it. He's an incredible cutter. That's When you think of him, you're going to think of cutter. Rip Hamilton, Reggie Miller, uh, this is the type of game. He clearly has patterned his game after. Um, he has a great shooting form, super quick release. Like I said, when he's dribbling on ball, he doesn't create much space. That's probably be the only knock on him, but that's not that important in the NBA because he's not going to be like the superstar for your team. He's going to be the guy that they need to run those screens, get the open three, and that's a vital role in the NBA. Um, you know, he has a quick release like Steph Curry at times, you know. So I think he'll be a lights-out shooting guard in the NBA. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a starter very on, very early on in his career as shooting guard because every team needs shooting. So Jordan Hawkins... Number 15. Number 14, I have Jalen Hood Shafino, the 6'6 point guard from Indiana. I don't know if he'll play point or the two in, in the NBA. We will see. But if he's point, that's even better. But 
He averaged 13 and a half points, four boards, four assists, 0.8 steals, 33% from three, 42% from the field. He has a really nice handle. And you know, he has the size at six foot six. He can play the one or the two, very soft touch, especially in the paint with his floaters and layups. Very smooth player, great shot form. He's a good pull-up and spot-up shooter, tough shot maker. And, of course, he has great elevation on his shot, great pick-and-roll player, can create his own shot and normally blow by and pull up with the J. So he can stop on a dime, and he can hit the three. You know, 40, uh, what was that, 33% from three. That needs to improve, but he's shown that he can shoot it. Um, I think his touch is good. I think it will translate to the NBA, and you may – have to turn that mid-range game into more attacks to the rim because he likes the mid-range day a lot, and the NBA hates that. But I think he'll be fine. He's not a great leaper, not super athletic, but very crafty, you know, very pro-like type of player. He plays at his own good pace. He's a great passer on the move, finds the open cutters. And, I mean, like I said, he's a great ball handler. If he's going to be a point guard, Look out. If he's going to be a shooting guard, he's still going to be real good. He had a 35-point game for Indiana this year. Jalen Hood, Shafino, number 14. Number 13, Noah Clowney. Most people have him ranked, I've seen, around 30. That's, I think they're wrong, okay? (laughs) Noah Clowney, number 13 from Alabama, the power four. He's only 18 years old, 6'10", averaged 10 points, 8 boards, and 1 block per game. 48% 48% from the field, 28% from three, um, you know, but he only played 25 minutes per game. So if you translate that, college games are 40 minutes. If he's playing 30, 33 minutes per game, those stats are even better. So a lot of college guys, sometimes they'll have lower numbers and they end up having a better year in the NBA than they do in college. It's because the minutes are up and they have more talent with them and they can do more. But Noah Clowney is a stretch big that can shoot the spot up three very well, especially for someone his size. And by size, I mean height, because he's not big. He's just tall. Uh, But he's a really good defensive presence, a great rim runner. He runs the floor well in transition or on defense. You know, he's a modern day four, in my opinion, maybe five, with the Evan Mobley body type and potentially game. He plays the pick and roll well. He's a great tracker of the ball on defense. He, I mean, he really always finds the ball and is in great position to help his team defense. I think he shoots too many threes right now. Would love to see him in a post a little more often. Um, but, you know, I think that will be coached into him. You know, I remember saying when Evan Mobley was coming out, he reminded me of Chris Bosh when he was in his prime. Noah Clowney kind of reminds me of Chris Bosh when he was in Miami. You know, more perimeter-oriented. Play great defense, just not an offensive juggernaut. So being 18, Noah Clowney is so much room for potential there. He can gain more weight and get better at creating his own offense. And that's going to come with NBA coaching. You would be a fool to not love to have Noah Clowney on your team because he could be special. Number 12, Keontae George, a name you probably have heard a lot about in this draft class. Um, He's pretty much consensus lottery pick. He should be at least. But Keontae George from Baylor, shooting guard, 15 points, four boards, three assists, one steal per game. Shot 34% from three. He's six foot four. And in my opinion, he's a straight baller. When I was scouting some of these guys, 
he popped on the screen. A lot of guys were like, is this it? This it? This it? Then you turn on Keontae George and it's like, boom, wow. Uh, he can pull up from anywhere, hit the three, has a ridiculous handle, super quick acceleration and twitch moves to cross over and get where he wants with the ball. Great athleticism, great shot making ability and traffic or wide open. I think he could be special. He can hit the NBA step back three off the dribble and traffic and traffic and everything. He makes acrobatic shots. He plays like a veteran. He's not raw at all. And I think he has star potential. And even he's even good when double teams. And uh, he can either still score or find the open man. And he's a good defender as well. You don't see that much from guards, but he can clamp up his man for sure. He gives great effort. And his speed allows him to stay with his man and recover and get blocks. And that speed, of course, works well for him on offense to get where he needs to be. Keontae George, number 12. He's number 12 right now. I could be moving him up. You know, I'm a fan of his game. If you like Jaden Hardy, you know, he's easily Jaden Hardy. But will he be better? I don't know. Will he be equal? I don't know. Will it be less than? I don't know. But he reminds me slightly of Jaden Hardy. And Jaden Hardy had some breakout games last year. Um, so Keontae George, he's in that vein. Just put it like that. And remember, this is my big board as of May 2nd. So there's time for change. If things may move around a little bit, but I don't see this top 15 changing that much. Number 11, Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite, six foot 10, 210 pounds. He averaged 17 points, 10 boards, one steal, almost a block per game. Shot 54% from the field and 30% from three. Only 19 years old. He could have came out last year. And I'll tell you this right now. You'll see by my scouting, I am not biased. Leonard Miller last year, I scouted him. He basically was coming kind of out of high school. All the tape you had to look at was high school, just like Shaden Sharp. And his tape had me thinking he will go undrafted if he enters his draft. He did not into the draft. He went to the G League Ignite. And that was the best decision he ever made. In my opinion, now he's top 11. <laughs> and, you know, he so he's not a guy I'm, I'm, like, super high on. I have to have him in the top 11. I had him undrafted last year. So, Leonard Miller has great size. He can play in the post, shoot the ball well, drive to the rack, get his own shot. And, I mean, that's all you can ask for. He was not ready, like I said, at all last year. But that shows you how hard he works to go from undrafted to a lottery pick, in my opinion. That's tremendous work ethic and a want to. You know, he could have rested on his laurels. He could have been drafted last year and taken as a project. But he came back, got better, worked on this game. That's what I love to see. He's very athletic, great dunker, plays aggressive in traffic. I love how he can bring the ball up and create offense. He has a great jab step to get the defender on his heels. And then he determines where he wants to go off of that. He will pull up at the foul line or take it to the rack. Uh, His shot form is kind of like a push shot form. uh, But he's still pretty good at it, especially at the three-point range. You know, that's something that a 6'10 guy is not supposed to be great at. (laughs) You know, so there, if you see the potential, that's all you can ask for, you know rotation he's 30 percent. that's really good some guards don't shoot 30 percent um but he can run the offense like a point guard at times distribute distribute the ball where it needs to be or find an open man 
And this is Lennon Miller again, good help defender and chase down blocker. There's things he needs to improve, of course. You know, he was not draftable last year, but he, I've said this many times already. It just impressed me how much he improved. And I mean, he could, he could be one of the better players in this class. Let's just say it like that. I'm going to leave it at that for now. I'm going to do a breakdown on Leonard Miller and go more in depth, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan. All right. That was 15 through 11. Jordan Hawkins, Jalen Hushafino at 14, Nora Clowney, 13, Keontae George, 12. Leonard Miller at 11. Are you shocked? Well, let's keep going. <laughs> if if your mind is blown by those five, let's go to the next five. Number 10, Jet Howard, the Michigan man who averaged 14 points, three boards, two assists. He's six foot eight, shot 37% from three, 50% from two. In my opinion, he looks like Mello out there, not La Mello. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. Uh, he has star potential, has a great handle, can shake his defender, can pull up and hit the J or drive by his man and get to the rack. Great spot up three-point shooter. He moves well, gets to his spot, can hit the fadeaway. I mean, he can do anything on offense you want. If there's a knock, I just want to see him shoot the ball more. I mean, he is nice with it. He can do anything, like I said. And, I mean, really, he looks like Carmelo Anthony in college a little bit out there. And so if he's unleashed and given the keys, look out. I say his floor is probably Eric Gordon at worst, uh, you know, if he has to fill a role, if he goes into a great team or a great situation. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of mocks I've seen had him at 20 or so. I have him at 10. So if you go at 20, he may not be able to play that mellow role. If he goes at 10, there's a chance he would be able to. We will see. A lot of teams use players wrong, but he has an in him. Oh, excuse me. He is not super athletic, but neither was Melo. He was 215 pounds, but on film, to me, he looks bigger than 215 pounds, which is good for posting up and being in the paint, but bad for the perimeter. You got to keep up with those guys. That are, you know, six, seven, six, eight, and they move a little faster. So he could have trouble going by his man in the NBA without elite speed, but I trust his handle and his shot. So I think he will be really good. That's Jet Howard I'm talking about. And, you know, Melo, like I said, again, Melo was not fast. He didn't have issues. Luca's not fast, didn't have issues. So I think Jet Howard should really call Carmelo Anthony, work with him. Pick his brain. I think he could be really, really good. Number 10, Jed Howard. Number nine, Grady Dick from Kansas. Average 14 points, five boards, two assists, 1.4 steals, shot 40% from three. And coming into this draft season, I heard a lot about Grady Dick. It's like, he's a great shooter. He's a great shooter. Grady Dick, possibly one of the best shooters in this class. And so that's all you hear, shooter, 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 shooter. When you look at the tape, that is not what you see. You see an incredible athlete that can do everything. He has speed, athleticism, great size. Like I said, he's six foot eight. He's a tremendous shooter. They were right about that <laughs> on top of that. But, you know, he has a very quick release on his shot, quick jab step, quick and a step back three. High release on his shot as well, being six eight, but he gets it up there. Um, you know, so that makes it hard to block. He's an alley-oop threat. That's something that I not, would not have expected. 
but the man can fly. You know, he can take it to the rack and drive right or left. He's a great cutter, always getting open, dunks with authority, and he's a smart cutter as well. He knows how to get a shot in tough situations. He can hit the fadeaway, the floater, has a nice use of pump fakes to get open or find the open man. He handled the ball very well. Just It just really impressed me with his take. His, the only question I have on Grady Dick is, will he be used in the NBA like he was used at Kansas? Because a lot of times you have, you know, is an elephant in the room. Grady Dick is white, um, a white American. A lot of times white American basketball players are used as shooters only. They are not allowed to really show their athleticism in the all-around game, and that is evident with Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert was labeled as shooter, great shot, great shot. He could shoot the ball, amazing, best shooter in the draft. Corey Kispert was incredible in college, athletic, running around doing plays, running the offense, all that. He gets to the Wizards, he's bottled down. He's not allowed to do that. They use him as a shooter. Will they do Grady Dick the same way? I don't know. All I can tell you is his tape in Kansas, he can do so much more. I hope they use him like they did in Kansas because, I mean, if they use him to his full capabilities, he can be really good. I'm glad that he's 6'8". If he was not 6'8", if he was 6'4", 6'5", it would be more of a worry that they would just use him as a stand in the corner, shoot the three guy, which he can do, but he's so much more than that. So Grady Dick is number nine on my list. And, you know, it's like, it's funny to me. A lot of, I listened to some pods talking about Grady Dick months ago. And I mean, it's almost like they're laughing at him and his game. And I have no clue why. This is a serious prospect, serious player. He's not just some white boy out here shooting threes. And, you know, that's not, I'm not trying to be offensive, but that's how people seem to be treating him. And I mean, this is white podcasters and black podcasters, you know what I mean? So I'm like, Coming into the film, I'm expecting uh, Kyle Korver or something. That That is not Grady Dick at all. He is a baller, and he is well worth a top 10 pick. People laughing at him as a top 10 pick, they need to, like, check themselves. You know what I'm saying? So, number eight, Bryce Sensabaugh, the 6'6 forward guard from Ohio State. A lot of people have him going in the mid-20s. I have him number eight. I do not follow consensus. I follow what I see. I see Bryce Sensible as a baller. He averaged 16 points, five and a half boards, one assist, 0.5 steals, 0.4 blocks, shot 48% from the field and 40.5% from three. That's right. Now, I said Grady Dick was 40%. Bryce Sensible is 40.5% from three. That's not saying he's better. That's just saying that's how close they are. And Bryce Sensabaugh is just getting top crap upon all the, all offseason. I'm seeing him like 28th somewhere, 19th, 20th somewhere. I'm like, have you seen this game? Watching the film, he instantly, in my mind, was one of the top 10 players in this draft. Very natural basketball player, has all the moves, great shooter, plays with finesse, but also a rough aggression when he's going to the paint. He's a pro. You can see it in his film. Great jab step, gets where he wants to go, can create his own shot. Great power when attacking the rim. Great court vision and awareness. You know, I think he may rely on the fadeaway a bit too much at times, but it works. You know, it's not an issue right now. It can be coached. He can be coached to do anything, you know, because his touch is so incredible. 
he doesn't create a lot of space. That's his only issue. And I think that could be because he is 235 pounds. A lot of these guards and 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guys, especially this young, are around 210, 215. So he's a, if he loses 10, 15, 20 pounds, I think that will help him create more space. I think it'll help him be a better defender. Uh, he's a good help defender, very good defender in the paint. But you got to think, when you go to the NBA, everyone's a little bit faster. Everything's a step faster. You're going to need to be a step faster on offense, step faster on defense. Losing a few pounds will help him out if he needs to. That weight being 235 could be a positive also. So we'll see where he goes. They want him to keep it or not. But he's got wiggle room to go either way they need him to go. You know, he could be a Carmelo-type small forward that can use his body. Or he can lose some little bit of weight and still be right there with the smaller, faster guards. But I think Bryce Ball is for sure a top 10 prospect in his draft. And I love his game. Look out, look out. You know, I'm blowing everyone's mind right now. But now we're at number seven, Cam Whitmore, the forward from Villanova. 12 and a half points, five boards, 1.4 steals, shot 35% from three. He's six foot seven, like if I didn't say that. But he has a perfect size and weight and athletic ability for what the NBA is looking for. He can drive to the rack, play in the paint, shoot the three, handle the ball all really well. Sometimes he finishes kind of clunky at the rim, and sometimes he needs to go up harder at the rim. But he has a good handle, can hit the step back three, or just a three off the dribble, or just a spot up three. He can do all that. (laughs) He's not really confident finishing with his left. That's something I pay attention to just as a person that plays basketball. When you see a guy going up on the left side of the rim and they use their right hand, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to use your left hand. A lot of guys... Don't trust their left hand. Sometimes he does that. That just annoys me. Sometimes it sticks out of my brain. But that's not going to be an issue or anything. But Cam Whitmore is number seven on my list because I think defensively he can guard multiple positions, stay with smaller guards and big body forwards. As a quick first dribble, gets where he wants to go. And, you know, he doesn't really free himself to get open. But... When he gets in the lane, normally good things happen. I think he's a solid, safe prospect. I don't think he's going to be a star or anything like that, but he's a solid, safe prospect. And he can get better, so we'll see what happens. Number six, the prop, one of the biggest, the biggest shocks so far, number six, Derek Whitehead. He's been mocked, I've seen, in the late 20s. And I think these people are insane. Derek Whitehead is incredible. A 6'7 guard forward from Duke. <laughs> See, this is what happened. I watched the film first. I was like, he's incredible. How is he in the 20s and stuff? And then I looked up his stats and I'm like, okay, there might be something here. He averaged eight points, two and a half boards, and almost one steal per game. I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't add up uh, because... The skill, the talent, everything is there. Why did he only average eight points per game? So I had to look that up, and I saw that his low scoring was due to an injury-riddled season. And, you know, he played low minutes, 16 minutes per game, and that was off the bench. So when I saw that, I said, okay, that makes sense. Now I'm not worried. You know, he had a stress fracture in his foot, 
and it had a sprained ankle shortly after that. So I don't think he fully got to show everything he can do. If he comes into the NBA 100% healthy, I mean, whew, he's going to be in the lottery. There's no way he should not be a lottery pick, in my opinion. For sure, top, top 10, I have him number six, Derek Whitehead. He has a 6'10 wingspan, moves like a pro, much different than guys his age and his body type in this draft class. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, since the ball was 235, a lot of guys are 200, 195, 205. He's a bigger body as well, but 220 is what you want to be, not necessarily 235 at this height. So um, when you look at this tape, you instantly see a pro with star talent, great shooter with a stroke to show for it as well. His form is pure Quick twitch movement with or without the ball. Uses that to get open or shake his defender. I truly think his offensive game is perfection. <laughs> I don't have anything to say negatively about it. He's seriously a jaw-dropping player. His skills are unmatched in this class. He can hit the Euro step, pull up off the dribble, create his own shot, scoring traffic. I mean, he's just ridiculous. Uh, one of the most fun players to watch in this draft class. It's just great to see a baller, you know. He's not just a guy with the right size, the right body type, type, the right potential, or or something that's just raw. He is the total package. He's a baller. He's ready to play in the league right now. You would think he's a senior or a junior, but he's a freshman. Derek Whitehead we're talking about. And, you know, 19 years old, his ceiling is through the roof, as Michael Jordan would say. I just want to see him play fully healthy, score more, rebound more, assist more, obviously. Coaching, the right environment, everything should translate offensively and defensively into the NBA, in my opinion. Derek Whitehead is number six right now. I might move him up. I mean, he's not going down. He might go up, but he's number six on my board. Have I blown your mind? Let's go through those 10 through 6 one more time. Jed Howard, Grady Dick at 9, Bryce Hensbaugh at 8, Cam Whitmore at 7, Derek Whitehead at 6. I'm going to go over 15 to 6 real quick, just in case you forgot something. Jordan Hawkins at 15, Jalen Hushafino at 14, Nora Clowney 13, Keontae George 12, Leonard Miller 11. Then it continues. Jed Howard, Grady Dick, Bryce Hensbaugh, Cam Whitmore, Derek Whitehead at number six. Now for the drum roll. Da, 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 da. Top five. You saw you already saw my pod if or heard my pod potentially with my top five. But I didn't give you an order. And it was not in order if you were trying to put together pieces. This is the official order right now. Number five. We are going to go with Taylor Hendricks, the 694 from UCF. Average 15 points, seven boards, and one steal per game with almost two blocks per game. Shot 39% from three. Incredible. 48% from the field, and he's 19 years old. Taylor Hendricks is a tall, long-rangey athlete that can score in a variety of ways, create his own shot, do everything to where he can be limitless. He's a, he's a prospect that's future goals, skills, talent. It's just limitless. You know, he needs to go to the right team and he can truly be special. I went over this for the most part in my top five episode. 
but impressive shot blocker, nice floater. When you have a 6'9 man that can shoot almost 40% from three and he's athletic, what else do you need to say? And, I mean, he can play great defense as well. Taylor Hendricks, UCF. Look him up, number five on the list. Number four, we have Brandon Miller. You've seen him on some boards as number two. Some as number three. On mine, he's number four. Brandon Miller, Alabama, 6'9", 4", 200 pounds, average 19 points, eight boards, two assists, one steal, one block, shot 38% from three. 20 years old, has a 6'11 wingspan. He has great size, sneaky athleticism, great shooting ability, weird form, like I said in the last episode, but it goes in. He can play multiple ways, quickly or methodically. Great handle for someone his size. I've said it before. He doesn't. He doesn't look like a six nine guy out there. He looks like a six six guard or four. You know, I love. The, I love his game. I think he can be an elite scorer in the NBA. He has a total package. Um, you know, I think there's really no flaws in his game. I didn't love his game. I don't love his tape. I don't love his game. But it's clear he's a top five talent in this draft. Um, but, you know, like a guy like Derek Whitehead is more fun to watch, in my opinion. But Brandon Miller, I have to have him at four for now. We'll see if that changes. But Brandon Miller from Alabama, number four. Now, number three, the biggest shock possibly to all of you guys, because he's not number one, because he's not number two. I have number three, Victor Wimbeyama. Yes, you heard that right. And it basically comes down to, you know, he's a seven foot five big man from France, 19 years old, average 21 points, 10 boards, and three blocks per game, uh, 30% from three. He has the eight foot wingspan, but it comes down to me thinking, will his game translate to the NBA? That's the biggest question. I don't have that question with number one. I don't have that question with number two. I have that question for Victor Wimbayama. He's super long and rangy, of course. He can guard in the paint or the perimeter, of course. He has an eight-foot wingspan, so of course he can. <laughs> you know, um, he gets beat to the rim at times, but he can recover with that long wingspan. But, you know, he's too thin right now. Uh, he, like I've said this before, he's similar weight to Scoot Henderson, and he's like six, uh, 13 inches taller than Scoot Henderson, but he only weighs like five pounds more than him. But everyone knows that him and Chet Homer, and they have to get more weight on him. Uh, but he moves really well for someone his size. But if he's going to play a guard or forward in the NBA, that's just not going to work. He's not fast enough. He doesn't dribble fast enough. The ball is too high. Uh, but what he can do is great as well. It's too good of a thing to pass up. But it's still highly questionable he easily could be a bust. I'm not saying he will be, but he has the highest bust potential. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that busting could be not translating with this game, or it could be injury. Uh, that's something not a lot of people are worried about. I'm worried about it. You know, when you're that tall, that doesn't normally work out that well, running and jumping up and down the court. In the NBA, it's an 82-game season. This is not a 30-game season. It's not a 20-game season. This is an 82-game season. Uh, you know, guys like Bo Bo, for instance, play limited minutes. And before he was playing limited minutes where he showed out this year, 
he was injured for two years. Um, you know, Chet before he even stepped on a real regular season game. It may have been a fluke injury, it may not. Injured, missed the whole year. Uh, you know, so it's just something that you have to worry about. But not only that, it's just I wonder if his game will translate. It's a seven four guy out there crossing over, pulling up from three against if you look at his competition, his competition was clearly not elite. I've seen him doing some of those incredible moves. A lot of people are watching the incredible moves. You're not looking at the defender. I'm looking at guys that are like six feet tall trying to stop him sometimes, you know. Um, So there are a lot of concerns in my opinion, but he's too good to let drop past three. Um, But I have him at three, and it's not necessarily the biggest knock on him. I'm just that much more confident in the guys one and two. Um, you know, because you see a lot of highlights of him shooting threes and step backs. But that percentage is not 40 percent. It's 29 percent. He takes a lot of bad shots. Sometimes he makes them. Sometimes he doesn't. But it looks good on a highlight. But it's not realistic in the NBA. You know, he has a good crossover. But like I said, he's not handling the ball like that in the NBA. It's too slow. And even in French, in, in his international play, he's not really shaking anybody with that dribble. Uh, he shoots a lot of conf- uh, contested fadeaway jumpers, mainly because he can't create that space. Uh, you know, he's not, he'll back down a guy, but not really get anywhere. And then turn around and shoot the fadeaway, and it, it's it's the oohs and ahs of it. But he should be backing down that defender further and further and further and scoring easier shots. And so if that's difficult internationally, it's going to be extremely difficult in America. Um, you know, I just, I, those are just serious concerns that I have about his game. I have him going number three. Now, when I do my mock draft, you may see him number one or number two, because you have to, like if the Hornets get the number one pick, they don't need Scoot Henderson. You know, they would take Victor Wimbiano. But as far as talent and a sure thing, and a star is questionable for me. Uh, I can see where it can work, but I also can see where it can't work. And I think that's a lot of people's issue right now. They're only looking at the positive. When you say can't miss prospect, that's what I hear a lot with Victor Mwemeyama, can't miss prospect. I think you are doing a disservice to people that are listening to your show (laughs) because he is not a can't miss prospect. You have not seen a 7-5 guard ever. I can't even finish that sentence with be successful, do this, do that. You have not seen it ever. Bobo is the closest thing. And, you know, he's not. Bobo is good. But he, he plays limited minutes. He does not start. He's been hurt. I'm not saying he's Bobo. Bobo does do some things like Victor Wimbiyama, though. But... That's why he's number three. I'm, I'm explaining because I know I'm going to get some backlash. <laughs> but, you know, comment, hit me in the comments. Am I crazy? I don't care. This is, I got to go by what I feel. I'm not a person that looks at other mock drafts and says, I got to put him here. got to put him here. As you can see from this list so far already, there's no bias in me. I just go by what the film shows me. And with that being said, number two, I'm going with Amen Thompson. 
the point guard from overtime elite. He averaged 16 points, six boards, six assists, two steals per game. He is six foot seven. He has a six nine wingspan, 20 years old. Dynamic point guard. His tape, he just jumps off the page when you see his tape. Uh, super quick first step, first to speed when getting to the rim or in the lane. Comes across as a street baller because the way he plays is flashy crossover, but he can definitely lead a team and make all the plays needed in the NBA. Incredible passer. No matter where he is, he can get to the lane, draw defenders. He can still score or make the pass. Makes the right pass. Moves his feet well. Pickpocket on defense. Incredible defender. He can be an all-star. He can be an all-defensive player. And you don't see that all the time. I mean, that's just, that clearly, it's super rare. It, you know, we've seen a six, seven point guard flourish already. Josh Giddy. Watching Josh, Josh Giddy's tape, I was not impressed at all. He's way better than Josh Giddy coming into the NBA. Can do way more than Josh Giddy coming into the NBA. And Josh Giddy has turned out to be really, really good. So I think that could lead Amen Thompson to an elite level basketball player. He has to get his shot better. But once again, Josh Giddy doesn't have a great shot and he's still turning OKC, helping turn OKC into a a good team. So Amen Thompson being an all around better player, still needing to improve that shooting. I'm not worried at all. Incredible young guard, Amen Thompson. Super impressive young guard. And number one, if you did not no by now. Scoot Henderson from the G League Ignite. Six foot two guard, 195 pounds, average 16 and a half points, four boards, six and a half assists, one steal, and a half block per game. Shot 40 46% from two, 28% from three. That's the knock. But he has a six nine wingspan. That's crazy. He's six foot two and has a six foot nine wingspan. That is a positive thing that NBA talents and scouters look for specifically they want that if you're if you are on the smaller side and you have a bigger wingspan they're not worried like donovan mitchell is six one but he has like a six nine wingspan so his height has never really been an issue so scoot is in that boat where his wingspan helps him out where he may be lacking in, lacking in size but scoot is an exciting electric player quick hands for steals very fast and athletic super quick first step very clutch. His dribble is ridiculous. Very strong guard. He can finish in traffic. Has incredible leaping ability. He has an NBA body already. Um, you know, he has great vision, makes incredible passes, can shoot the fadeaway. I mean, his offensive game is just all there except for his shot. He has to perfect that. And his shot is not broken. He just has to get a little bit better at it. And, you know, he's he's not a score first point guard. He can truly run a team. You can tell he loves finding the open man. But, you know, he also can win you a game. He's clutch. You know, he's won games for the G League Ignite. And it's clear in games he's shown that he was trying to get his other guys going and potentially drafted uh, the way he played at times. So I love his game. He's that dude. He has a quote of saying, I should go number one. I know I'm going number one, uh, you know, and I, I have to agree with you, Scoop. I have you as the number one prospect in this draft. 
And an elite point guard is not the easiest thing to come by. A lot of teams need them. And once you get an elite point guard, they can be with your franchise for 10 plus years and you're set at that position. So that's my top five. Taylor Hendricks at five, Brandon Miller at four, Victor Wimbayama at three, Amen Thompson at two, and Scoot Henderson at number one. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Victor Wimbayama is the definition of a lottery pick because he's a lottery ticket. You may win, you may not win. You <laughs> might make you a millionaire. It may make you scratch your head. Like, why did I buy all those lottery tickets? We will see. But thank you all. This was a fun one through 15. I'll come, to, come back with the 16 through 30. I know there's a lot of guys. You're like, wait, he left this guy off. He left this guy off. I didn't leave anybody off. This is my top 15. You're going to hear some guys on the next episode that you're expecting to hear in this one. And I'll explain why they are where they are. Thank you all so much for listening. Subscribe to the All Rookie Podcast. Until next time, I'm out of here.